Welcome to the Persuasion Lab podcast. I'm Martin Medeiros, expert negotiator. Unfortunately, the world isn't made to your specifications in all ways at all times, which means you need to be able to communicate your wants and needs so you can get them met. I'm here to teach you the tools and strategies so that you can do exactly that. Stay tuned after the episode for more information about the fully outfitted Digital Persuasion Lab or head over to thepersuasionlab.com to get started. Welcome to the Persuasion Lab. In this episode, I'm going to deal a little bit with my book, Negotiating College. And this is based on how we can use negotiation, persuasion, and influence to optimize our educational experience, whether or not you're going to college, community college, or if you're an early adopter, high school. So why don't you give a listen and I'll tell you a little bit a little bit about the book. So this book, Negotiating College, which is available on Amazon, we pulled uh, college students and the uh, requirements in order for you to make the poll, you had to have a GPA of 3.0 or better. Many of these people went on to get uh, fully funded PhDs, not many, a um, couple of them. Uh, there are some medical students, there are some rocket scientists, uh, lawyers, and uh, a lot of undergraduates. Most of the people who uh, responded to our inquiries were undergraduates uh, right now. So Here's what they talked about and how to kind of navigate and negotiate uh, through college. And I'm going to be looking at my book. In the Persuasion Lab, we talk about having a plan. Part of a plan with being in college is making a schedule. And most of the respondents said, make a schedule, uh, block out times when you're going to be in class and when you're going to study, when you need to go to the lab, the library, all these things should be done. And they talk about this golden ratio, which is um, uh, 2.5 hours of study time per one hour of class time, which makes most college loads a full-time job, if not full-time with lots of overtime. So that's a golden ratio. For every one hour in class schedule two and a half hours of study time so you can show up to class and know what's going on. Uh, The second tip that they offer is to go to every class and there's a lot of professors that say you don't have to go to class it's cool Um, that is not good advice Uh, psychologically they want you to spend time in class too it gives you familiarity, you develop rapport and these other important things when you show up in class. So I really encourage you to do that, show up in class. And the next thing is to keep up. Don't fall behind. And I will tell you, this was the bane of my undergraduate. I was overwhelmed with a lot of stuff and uh, I would fall behind. I took you know, a very heavy math and science curriculum and uh, spending too much time doing some things and not enough time, say, working problems, definitely militated against my success. I figured it out by the time I got to law school and had a better run of it. Uh, 
Another thing they talk about is make a study group. So your first day of class, they say get two or three phone numbers of people. So if you're sick and you can't make class, you can call them and kind of develop a relationship where you can come along and, and meet with them and talk with them and get a study group, whether it's informal or informal, but a lot of people uh, find study groups effective in finding counsel in uh, the teaching uh, area, especially in a lot of the people who took math and science found study groups very uh, helpful. And uh, yeah, what the bad, uh, the downside is uh, sometimes you may have to um, learn stuff yourself depending on what your style is. The fifth step they talk about is the frequency of talking with professors and they talk about meeting with professors and asking some type of question each time office hours are held. This, this does a lot of things to help you develop rapport. And how you develop rapport is you really have to say, you really have to stand in the um, shoes of that professor, use an empathic statement. For example, it seems like a really busy time of year. Thanks for taking time. I'm introduce yourself and I wanted to know a little bit more about this topic or do you have a, another resource other than what's in the syllabus you know some type of icebreaker to introduce yourself initially and then you can ask other questions like uh, how do I do well in your class how do I get A's in your class how do I practice approaches without um, running afoul of the most frequent errors people make for mastering this type of topic stuff like that to break the ice and develop that relationship during office hours and of course answer your critical questions because uh, professors are people if they remember you and know your struggles and you show up they will give you the benefit of the doubt one thing that one of the respondents spent a lot of time on who went to uh, one of the top schools in the nation, in the world actually, um, she said that developing a study strategy is critical. And a lot of people who are going into higher education don't develop a strategy. For example, if you're in fine arts, uh, you're gonna have to learn techniques. So you may wanna watch those YouTube videos that talk about different techniques and practice them. If you're in biological sciences, your strategic study plan has to deal with memorization and comprehension of systems and biological mechanisms. If you're in economics, think about Practicing scenarios, games, cause and effect, logic, multi-step progressions, and patterns. That's part of your study strategy. If you're in engineering, you've got to really focus on comprehension of math, programming, physics, uh, theory of application, and working with constraints, right? Budget, time, 
with getting creative solutions as best you can, giving those engineering constraints. If you're in information systems, you've got to master systems thinking, trial and error, heuristics, logic on getting information systems working. If you're involved in the humanities, it's about reading, memorization, contextual comprehension, contrast, comparison. What are your impressions? What are your the things that you've taken away? And what was the author trying to convey? And what were their lives given the situation they were in? If you're a straight math uh, major, think about concepts in your plan pattern recognition. Problems, problems, problems are so critical if you're studying math as I did. Uh, if you're involved in physical science, it's comprehension, it's systems, it's processing, it's logic. Having basic themes in your study strategy is critical depending on what you're doing. Next, Part of this strategy has to deal with note-taking. Well, how do I note-take? Do I just scribble them down? No, you take them and you review them right after class or as fast as you can towards the end of class. So note-taking is important, but review, recopying uh, to get them into your head. And this was really critical in my experience in law school where um, I took notes in class and I copied them and if the professor allowed recording I would record it and I would transcribe and then I would do the reading. Other things that people have in their strategic plan are the use of flashcards when certain things like if you're studying for the MCAT or if you're studying for uh, some type of other things flashcards could be important or you can make your own using an application like Quizlet uh, which you probably did a lot in high school. Uh, practice problems. Uh, problems are important to get your mind around logical thinking even if it's something like psychology. What are the problems that people incur uh, behaviorally and what are the solutions? There's this other concept you can do. It's graphic. It's mind maps and there's all types of software you just type in mind map free software whereas you start with a locus idea and then you can branch out for example um, if you're talking about uh, you know GDP is a central thing if you're an economist for example and then you can uh, branch off from that graphically what are the components of GDP uh, what are the components of other metrics to uh, measure activity and sometimes getting a graphic representation kind of a, a point and branches will help us. That's the mind map. Uh, practice tests. There's all types of practice tests available from the library. Uh, sometimes your major will house them. Some even fraternities have uh, different banks of tests and you always want to look at tests because of the professor because it really helps you understand how they think and even on a grand scale when I um, I've taken a, a number of bar exams and when you do enough practice tests you figure out how the test taker thinks 
And I never, uh, it was so clear to me when I took the multi-state bar exam, uh, there were basically uh, five answers in the multiple choice section. Uh, you knew um, three were wrong, at, but there were two that were almost alike. And a lot of those, what, what separated the right from the wrong were a grammatical error or a logical um, you know, one of these logical errors where statistically it didn't make sense. Uh, for example, uh, it, we did an episode on Kahneman, Daniel Kahneman's work, where, you know, if I flip a coin and it comes up heads uh, three times, uh, the fourth, what's the fourth one more likely to be heads or tails? And the answer is uh, heads or tails, it's 50-50. The odds didn't change because the three preceding coin flips were one doesn't make the fourth one more likely. It's still a 50-50 chance. That type of logical twists would separate the right answer from the wrong answer. And once you saw it, it was so ridiculously obvious. And then boom, 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 you can um, uh, you know, get those, mark off those three wrong ones and the two close ones are the ones that kind of hang in the balance. Next thing that these students said is step seven here is to develop a testing strategy testing strategy and well i just gave you one for the multiple choices generally well-drafted multiple choices will have three wrong answers and two that will turn on a very fine point in understanding the concept if it's again if it's a good um uh test taking and at the end of the day you have to think like the test drafter in most cases it's going to be your professor if you um, think like them and know the types of tests they ask and the types of answers that get full credit, you will be an A student in that class. Eighth, uh, people talked about staying in the game uh, because college can be tedious, overwhelming. You can have setbacks. It can be exhausting. And... Um, you are an intellectual athlete. All this stuff, you just have to do. Sometimes you don't want to do it. Sometimes it's easier to go out. But putting one step in front of the other, having that self-discipline. Uh, and it doesn't mean you have to do like these marathon study sessions. Do it in little chunks. In fact, most of them say if you go an hour without a break, it's probably not a good idea. You probably want a little 10-minute break there. Uh, you know, at the end of the semester, most classes will value, you know, homework 10 to 40%. Getting that homework done is so critical. You know, even though you think, oh, it's only 10% of my grade, uh, I'm going gonna, gonna to skip it because it's not. No, it's your long distance runner. You have to take every step uh, to finish. And that's one of the things. And one of the, the ninth, uh, points in the book Negotiating College. They talk about getting extra help. Well, how do you get extra help? Well, you can ask questions. You can get tutors or ask the teaching assistants, the TAs. Um, getting that extra help helps you augment when the study group isn't doing it, your friends aren't doing it, the material just isn't sticking. That's how to get to that next level. And 
The tenth step they talk about is managing your stress, managing your stress, and this is pretty critical. Um, and I, I love this quote by uh, Leonard Bernstein. He says, uh, to achieve great things, two things are needed, a plan and not quite enough time. So your excellence, your doing great work will actually probably be under a little bit of stress. So how do you manage stress? Remember that no matter what happens, a bad grade, a rough group project, maybe a death in the family, uh, maybe your own illness, uh, you know, you're late for class, failed test. Your life is generally not in danger. It's school. You will rise again tomorrow and see a better day. So you've had to recover as best you can emotionally and know that, hey, if you throw a grade, the problem is not over and this is a problem a lot of uh, this was voiced by one of the respondents who was straight A student in high school went to a very competitive high school then they went to an ultra competitive college and you know what they weren't the smartest kid in the room anymore that was a big psychological shift and um, this person under much effort uh, stood the course when uh, they were ready to walk out of that university because it was so much different than their high school experience. Um, another way to manage stress, once we have the frame that, hey, it's all not permanent, we can change it, is physical exercise. Uh, physical exercise, it helps brain activity. If you think being in college is just about cramming it in and not letting your body atrophy, uh, research says otherwise. Um, it can help you burn off or chemically change, if you will, stress hormones like adrenaline, etc. Um, it can release good hormones, endorphins, neurotransmitters that you need to study. Uh, and it keeps your telomeres from shortening, which is kind of a long-term plan if you want a, a, a longer life. And it definitely supports restful sleep. So getting that physical exercise in is important and it doesn't matter if it's yoga weight training uh, rowing swimming walking all these things are so important eating proper food is important nutrition is important and one of the worst foods you can have is sugar and caffeine both of which were a part of my college experience but uh, the older I get, the more I think uh, sugar is probably the worst thing I had in my diet. Uh, and uh, and there's lots of studies that show that, yeah, it's, it's, uh, refined sugar is pretty toxic. So you want to minimize your sugar, especially you know energy drinks. You know, Coke has like, I don't know, 16 teaspoons of sugar, something ridiculous. Uh, sleep meditation these are things that we also want to do so that's this episode in kind of what the polls uh, we took and the students we talked to about the 10 academic steps uh, for success number one again is make a schedule and remember that golden ratio two and a half hours to one hour in class second go to class it's really important even if some professors say, oh, you don't have to go to class, uh, they are not being earnest. Uh, number three, 
keep up with your work. Don't fall behind. Number four, make that study group. Try to get some mind share going. Number five, we talked about talk to your professors frequently after class in office hours. That's important to develop rapport to help you get through some more difficult situations. Step six, develop a study strategy. Remember we talked about, depending on what your discipline is, you may wanna pivot your strategy. Uh, you know, a fine arts strategy will not work for a physics strategy or an engineering strategy. And we also talked about many different things that make up your strategy. For example, note-taking. We talked about flashcards, practice problems, mind maps, practice tests, thinking like the test preparer. Step seven, developing that testing strategy. We talked about multiple choice. It's probably three real wrong ones and two that are pretty close. And number eight was stay in the game. Even if you're fatigued, external things will be militating against you. You may pitch a bad grade, but stay in the game no matter what. That's It's a long distance marathon. Getting a degree, it's not a sprint. Step nine, get extra help. We talked about tutors, TAs, asking questions are critical to augment that. And finally, manage your stress. How do you manage stress? Well, you can put things in perspective. This is academics, this isn't life or death. Physical exercise helps. Nutrition is critical. Sleep and meditation. Those are the 10 things on how to adequately help you negotiate, make your way through college. In another episode in the podcast, I think I'll talk about how you actually can negotiate four grades depending on ambiguity. And this is not tricks. This is uh, realizing that professors make mistakes and you will make mistakes and how do you decrease the error rate that you're doing and the professors do in their portraying the knowledge to you thank you listeners to the persuasion lab and today's episode was on negotiating college based on my book which is called negotiating college available on amazon thanks for listening